What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode four of UbiChat, a Ubisoft podcast where we cover everything under the Ubisoft sun. I'm one of your hosts, Nate, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Nick. I want to go ahead and remind you guys to follow us on our Twitters, uh, first one being TX3 Productions, and second one being at UbiChat. Sitting about, we finally hit that 50 on ThreadX3 Productions, got about 55 followers on Twitter. Celebrate, celebrate good. Come on! <laughs> We're still sitting at 47 for UB Chat. So if you like the show, like what we do here, uh, want to get in touch with us, or want to just hang out and observe the funny gifs I post every now and then, uh, which I'll get better about posting, you can go ahead and follow us on that Twitter. Uh, and links to the discords for the separate pages will be on those Twitters as well. Nick, what you been up to this week? Uh, not a whole lot, actually. Uh, getting ready to transition into another job um and then at the same time because i like chaos uh we're starting to try to do some more productions on the tx3 side of stuff so we're gonna have a new weekly show called thinking about things um we did a couple uh like a month back uh, but now it's like, okay, I want to make it official. I want to make it a weekly thing. It's going to be out on Mondays and, you know, like, so I want to make it official. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're trying to get a good backlog of that so that we're not always, you know, cut for time basically. And so we're doing that. And then I'm transitioning into another job. I'm going from a taxi driver into a bus driver, um, and the big change there is that I will actually have a wage, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard living a life when you're living by the day and it's like, you're hoping that you get enough money that day. And if you don't, oh, freaking well. <laughs> so yeah. So a lot of stuff happening. Um, so yeah, haven't, haven't had a lot of free time, but then when I do, I definitely dive deep. That's for sure. <laughs> what about you getting real deep um yeah no i am i actually am transitioning as well i'm getting out of training this week so starting tomorrow uh <laughs> i, I make a joke but i won't it's okay <laughs> starting tomorrow uh i will get my own jobs like jobs to go to instead of riding along with someone like i have for the past six weeks so that's very nerve-wracking um for yeah. me because i'm gonna be by myself uh yeah so, right kind of just be like well did Wait, i learn do I need a flathead or a phillips <laughs> oh no it's a good thing i have both I'm in my a bag failure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that's pretty much been it for me uh just been watching tv and, and stuff like that so not not too terribly much but since i got you here uh i did want to bring up something before we get started too much into the show um one of the cool things about doing this podcast, doing UB Chat, um, since we've done the transition, is we're basically kind of starting from scratch. We're trying to build a good platform for us to discuss, you know, the Ubisoft stuff we want to discuss and kind of get our thoughts out there. But also, it's not just us. It's you, the people who are listening, who are helping as well. So that's why we always ask for your feedback, always ask for, you know, anything that you would want us to cover or not cover, because we want to build this with you and for you. So really, this is an effort on us as as well as you. Like, we really do want to hear what you like and what you don't like. Um, there are some things in the show that probably aren't going to work 
and either we'll figure those out on our own or you can let us know that. Uh, so it, it's, it's really, we want this to be a passion project for us, but for you as well. We want this to be a place where you can come to if you're kind of needing a Ubisoft fix or something along those lines and can just kind of chill, kind of listen to what we have to say and, you know, be a part of the discussion. So is that's kind that's kind of really, I think coming from both of us in particular, it's just yeah. something that I've, I've been thinking about and something that I feel like felt like I need to address. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the biggest thing to, to point out that like you didn't already touch on is, you know, we are pretty much amateurs as far as, you know, we're not doing this for a living. We're doing this because we're passionate about it. And I think the number one thing that us switching from Hope County Radio to UbiChat, um, what that proves is our ability to evolve, our ability to change, and our ability to try new things. And so um, if, if we're doing something you don't like or if you think that we could do stuff differently, then, you know, touching on what you said before, Nate, like, you know, let us know. And we will build this podcast with you because this is for fans of Ubisoft, you know, and so we can't we can't make a better show if we don't have, you know, feedback. And I think that is the most important thing is getting feedback from you guys and, you know, having us or having you guys tell us, you know, what you like, what you don't like. And um yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I feel like the best way to see change is to go ahead and contact us. There's many different ways. There's the at UbiChat, at TX3 Productions. That's just Twitter. You can even just email us at um, threatx3productions.com or at gmail.com. And so you can even contact us that way um basically we, we we just want to reiterate to you guys that like we we love what we do but we we want it's gonna sound so weird we want to do it with you <laughs> i mean there was like a legitimate reason for like okay maybe we should maybe we should change you know maybe we should evolve and you know like i said that's one of the main things i would want people to really you know learn from from this discussion is that, you know, we're willing to change. We're willing to do stuff differently, uh, but we can't do it without you because otherwise we're literally just talking into a mic. <laughs> no truer words were ever said. Really? Well, no, there probably was some more true words. That what about said two plus two equals four? Those see, see, really I see, I, true. I see, yeah, but like I was under the under, I was under the understanding that two plus two equals five. So whoa, that's kind of where you know. Thanks to Galileo thanks to, is turning it. Is it wait? Is it Newton? Oh. I don't know. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into our first segment of the show. Sit rep. So to start off, sit rep. Um, this is where we have updates for upcoming games and games that are currently out. Um, speaking of currently out, apparently Hungry Shark World came out like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it came out July 17th on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And literally heard nothing about this whatsoever. Um, you know what it was? It was that what? damn song. 
Baby shark, baby shark, you haven't heard that song so much. I yes, I have heard that song. You said that to me like three weeks ago. I hate you so much. That's gonna be stuck in my head. That's what did it the rest of the day. I'm telling you. So if if you guys haven't heard of Hungry Shark World, maybe you've heard of Hungry Shark Evolution, and that was a game that came out like a long time ago. I think like 2013, 2012. It was out on mobile. And it's a super fun game. It's kind of one of those, I remember I used to play it uh, whenever I would be in class. And it's kind of one of those you don't want to play in class because it's a shark, like, uh, collecting coins and eating things. But also the mm-hmm. most fun thing about it is you would jump out of the water jaw style and just chomp oh, and, and eat people on the shore. So this, this looks actually really fun. I'm looking it at is the trailer re- right now. Yeah, it, it is really, really fun. Uh, so it came out to consoles on July 17th on PS4, Xbox, Xbox One, and Switch. So um, I definitely may pick this up on Switch because this seems like it'd be a good Switch game. Um, God, I'm so sick of everyone saying that. <laughs> I don't care if it's true, honestly. It might be the most truest thing anybody has ever said in the history of ever, but I'm so sick of hearing that. Well, see, well, I, I understand, but for, for me, like, I have PS4, PC, and Switch. Um, yeah. If I was to play this game out of any of them, it would be on the Switch because well, I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna sit on my PS4 to play Hungry Shark World. You know I have <laughs> yeah. so many other games to play. Well, so, right. I'm just for all us for all of the listeners out there who are like me who only have like a PlayStation or only have an Xbox One or even only have the PC. Hearing that about like literally every freaking game is getting like so old it's like oh this is a great game for switch and it's like you know what maybe it's just a good game maybe you (laughs) should just get off your switch high horse and stop sucking on nintendo's big ass joystick (laughs) that was nick's rant of the day (laughs) yep that was one of them uh and other news you have the Ghost Recon Wildland Siege update that came out on the 24th, um, which adds another, like, I don't necessarily think it's an expansion, but new missions and some other, uh, actually a lot of other goodies that came with it in this update. Um, yeah, there was like over a hundred items. It's like... Yeah. Got a lot of different sorry. customization, like like two new classes for uh, Ghost War PvP, which look really cool. Which, you know, there is actually a really good community behind that. I'm very impressed with uh, how people latched onto that. I mean, especially with a game that is like uh, GTA, essentially, but in Bolivia with military people, having a, you know, a multiplayer that people actually latched onto, like, you would think, like... GTA Online is its own beast, but mainly what people like to do is just kind of goof around, and every once in a while they might go into certain things because maybe it's like double X, double RP weekend or something like that. But for the most part, people don't really do the missions that much, at least from what I've experienced. Oh yeah, the most Um, fun I've had is just goofing around. Like I like some of the modes. Some of the modes are really fun, but the most fun I have is just messing around. Exactly. So then you have this where it's a completely different mode. It's still within the, you know, the map itself. But, you know, to see it be doing so well and people latch onto it, I think is just a testament to how good the game mode actually is. Mm -hmm. So for this new update, 
you get a special mission dubbed Operation Archangel. Uh, let's see. It spans two parts and set in the province of... It's Caymans, I think. Uh, Operation Archangel will team the ghosts with Rainbow Six Siege operators Twitch and Valkyrie as they track down Gaveria, who's gone missing. Right. Um, some of the things that Sounds it comes... Sounds like she's like pissed off about something, so she's going on a rampage! Yeah. <laughs> rampage, which was actually a decent movie, I'd like to add. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> Operation Archangel is free to all players. Um, players will be able to grab a Rainbow Six gear pack, which includes uh, Kavera's, uh handgun, Valkyrie's <laughs> Schmick scarf. I love that Schmick. word. I love that word. Uh, Twitch Twitch's skull balaclava and a customizable H six HK four sixteen assault rifle. Nice. Um, there's also a bunch of there's new maps. There's new items. There's like six new siege icons for Wildlands. It it is really cool to see these updates that they're putting out for this game. Um, yeah. and just all the, the new surgeon class looks really cool because i believe in on rainbow six there's the class that you can shoot the revive dart mm-hmm. and so they're basically bringing that person into the ghost wild uh the wildlands um ghost uh, multiplayer yeah i've really got to jump into wildlands again um i still have to play the splinter cell uh oper- operation that they did but they're giving this they're they're really are doing a lot of good things for this year two of wildlands and it's it looks really really cool so i definitely have to jump back into it hopefully that'll be soon i don't think i have too much more on my plate since i just beat god of war which was my main gaming hurdle so right we'll see what what happens with that uh, and finally for sit rep uh, just breaking news before we started recording <laughs> splinter cell <laughs> Splinter Cell Blacklist and Splinter Cell Double Agent are coming to Xbox One backwards compatibility today. So if you oh. have loved those games or never played them and you have an Xbox One, you're now able to play them through backwards compatibility. Yeah. PlayStation people are just like sitting here twiddling our thumbs. We're like, <laughs> yeah. See, if I want to play Blacklist, I got to load it up on PC and go through whatever glitches or bugs I have. I have my issues with PC gaming, but um, <laughs> if you've never played them before, Splinter Cell Blacklist is, is a really fun game. It's not my favorite of the series um, because it. I like the more traditional spy game that Splinter Cell games in the past were, like uh, Double Agent, but they combine a lot of good. Um, action elements as well as like sneaking around. So, yeah. it, and was Blacklist the one they didn't have spies and mercs? No, Blacklist did have spies and mercs. Oh, Blacklist they was the one it that back. didn't. Okay. Yeah, Blacklist was the one that didn't have the main character from the past uh, few Splinter Cell games to Sam play Fisher? the role. Yeah, uh, Michael Ironside was the original actor who did oh, all gotcha. of them except for Blacklist. So. Yeah, and then Double Agent is a really interesting take on the Splinter Cell games um, where you kind of have to battle the entire game with this karma meter because hmm. you're like you're a double agent, like the title says. You have right. to figure out where your alliances want to go. Do they want to go with the, uh, the agency that put you in charge on this mission or right. are you going to stick with the people who are you are? basically a double agent for? So uh, here's, here's a big question. Do you think a maybe not a reboot but do you think like a splinter cell um made something like you know metal gear solid 5 where it's a big open world do you think that could be something interesting or would it seem to you know clony i really don't know 
Um, I honestly really don't know because a lot of the magic that Splinter Cell had in the past was with their formula of being mm-hmm. a very linear, sneaking in, super stealthy spy game. Yeah. But Blacklist did do it fairly well with giving you three different ways that you can play the game. Whether you wanted okay. to go go loud, be a predator and do like non-lethal takedowns and weapons only, or if you wanted to just be a silent killer. Okay. Okay. So that's a lot of people still didn't like Blacklist because it wasn't the typical Splinter Cell games that we've played before. But it added something new that's very interesting. So if the if they if they do a reboot or a sequel, if they try to figure out a way to incorporate both, I think that would be mm-hmm. really really cool. So maybe something like a Dishonored or a Prey, where it gives you maybe not an open world, but it gives you like so many tools that you can take on like the same mission instead of just three ways. You can like have like ten different ways to take on each mission. Yeah, I think that would be perfect. Actually, that would that yeah. would be a good marriage between the two different types of games. So yeah, that's a really nice. good idea. Nice. I like that a lot. Well, thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I like it very much. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into our topic of the show. Topic of the show. So I kind of wanted to bring a question. Uh, is Ubisoft building a Tom Clancy in-game, like, multi-crossover like universe? Yeah, like um, the MCU. Like the, the MCU. TCGU. Yeah, the TCGU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Ubisoft building a TCGU? <laughs> um, the main reason I ask this is, is with the ra- new Rainbow Six Siege update that Ghost Recon Wildlands got and the Splinter Cell one. Mm-hmm. I like this pattern that they're that they're showing with this game and with this content. Now, the easy answer to this could be no. They're just trying to bring new life into Wildlands and try to provide content, and I'll mm-hmm. totally accept that. Right, right. But with the addition of new games coming out, like the Division Two, are we potentially going to see some crossover with Wildlands and Division Two in Wildlands, or maybe we will see operators? in division two from wildlands yeah um for for one i do kind of hope maybe siege starts crossing over as well maybe have one of the guys from wildlands um but i guess the problem with that is that you um wildlands is all about choice player choice basically Mm -hmm. so you get the same tools sort of that you would get in a siege like you know like like the different like I don't operators. know, like the different gadgets and like, mm-hmm. yeah, but, but the thing is that you can mix and match and that's what makes wildlands like wildlands. So then picking one character and then making that one character have a very, very specific, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Have a very specific loadout, I guess, you know, I don't know if that would feel too wildlandy, you know, and so I think that is part of the reason that like it fits so well in the wildlands universe is because it's like, well, you know, it's all about player choice. So putting these situations into their world, I think just adds just this whole nother layer as far as the TCGU, um, as we just coined it today. Um, I think like, 
I think what would be super, super awesome is if, like, in the Division 2, if we could get some kind of crossover, maybe see where our Wildland characters ended up after the whole, you know, pandemic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a really cool idea. Or even, like, some of the Rainbow Six Siege people, and you get to see them in the division world. Like what are they doing now? Where were they when the, you know, when everything happened? I think, I think the, the possibilities are endless and especially with the division being like this post-apocalyptic kind of thing. I think it, I think it could be really cool as far as like from a storytelling perspective and just a kind of Easter egg perspective, you know? Yeah. And Something else, we've seen Ubisoft different content crossover between games, but that's mostly been with the extent of like a UB club, you play. That's like, a good point, yeah. You have like skins or something like that. And then I know in Siege, they'll have skins for like Watch Dogs 2 and Far Cry, mm-hmm. you'd get like little trinkets. But Wildlands is the first time we're seeing like story crossover. Hey, exactly. all these people exist in the same place. Yeah. And we haven't they, seen that before with the Tom Clancy games, like at all. Yeah, from my not from my understanding. So when you have the you know Tom Clancy name in front of the game, like there is always this kind of perceived um, or this like untold, you know, nudge that yeah, it's kind of taking place in the same universe. And I, I bet if there's anybody out there who like reads the Tom Clancy books, I bet they're like yelling into their speaker. Like you idiots. Of course they're the same universe. I've known that for years, but we don't read books. Okay. Like <laughs> readings for nerds who don't like sex. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, so, so I feel like there was always this kind of like untold truth that it was its own universe, but now having this in-game confirmation that yes, this is the same universe, yes, this is all kind of happening in the pseudo real world, I think it's just like I just I hope they keep going and they and they stop maybe just doing it for Wildlands. I want to see. I want to see the, you know, the TCGU spread out to all the games. You know, I want to be like driving around in Crew 2 and like, <laughs> I guess that was stupid, but no, like play as one of the Wildland characters <laughs> or play alongside one of them, you know, because like there's a lot of sections where like there's off-roading or something. So maybe have like an off-roading section, but it's like you're driving along so i don't know i guess that that would be a really bad example and i guess that's not even tom clancy either so good job nick we'll see to kind of expanding on this a little bit uh the other thing i have is is this is this just going to be a thing in wildlands and something i'm personally excited to see to see if they actually double down and do it is there's always been i think at least since assassin's creed 4 there's always been this like kind of speculation or and I think within the past two games been a confirmation that watchdogs and Assassin's Creed exist in their own universe like in, in the same universe oh because interesting. when you did you play Assassin's Creed 4 4 black flag uh, oh yes 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 I did would you remember going around to people's computers and looking at the emails and things like that uh no i'm not a dork okay well i like to do the email hunter game um (laughs) one of the computers you go on 
talks about um, in one of the emails that you look at in um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, there's talks of something going on in Chicago. And there's, I think they name drop the Bloom Corporation, which is the big bad in the Watch Dogs universe. Wait, Balloon? Bloom. B-L-U-M-E. Yeah, Bloom. B-L-U-M-E? Yeah. Bloom. Bloom. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said balloon. I probably like, said it weird. 99 yeah. red balloons. Yeah, that was, I remember seeing that. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. And then mm-hmm. I think in a couple later Assassin's Creed games, or even in Watch Dogs 2, there was hints of a, of, of Abstergo. So yeah. I think it'd be cool if they doubled down and did something with that. But they'd have to, Assassin's Creed in particular, would kind of have to fix how they're doing their present day stuff. Right. Um, because now in the division, do you remember the safe house that was the like basically the Ubisoft office? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It had like posters of For Honor and uh, Go Home or Grow Home. Grow Home. Yeah, the yeah the robot one. And so like I'm like, oh, is this the offices? That's kind of cool or whatever. Um, but that was more like. That was more like Ubisoft is a company that does exist and they exist in this universe, which throws this huge like what the f- kind of thing like, wait, so Ubisoft is an actual company in this world that Ubisoft created? Yeah, and there's actually in Watch Dogs 2 in their first like expansion missions, there's one where you have to go onto this yacht to take out a target. And if you go into the theater room that's on the Scott, if you look on the TV or on the mm-hmm. shelf, there's a copy of the Assassin's Creed movie, like the cover, oh. <laughs> like clear as day, the Assassin's Creed movie. Well, those are more Easter eggs. And yeah, so, but yeah, it is nice to have like an actual, like official crossover rather than just like, eh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, they've, they've been hinting at those things in the past couple of games. But like I was saying, if, origins is any indication like as far i really don't know what their current present day stuff is anymore because um i liked what they did in four because it was super meta you working as a game developer at abstergo um but like in origins it's just like the present day stuff is just just this woman and i haven't beat the game yet still because it's very very large and I have a lot of st- other stuff to do, but um, there's a story with her where she's like trying to do this stuff so she can prove to Abstergo that she's useful, basically. Oh, um, wow. And they're fighting back, but she's like in her own animus that she made in the caves in Egypt. And so that's cool, but I don't know if there's a centralized present day story anymore in the new Assassin's Creed's. Right. It's it's like it's like saying there's a story behind Black Ops Zombies. I know there is, but like it's so obscure at this point that it's just like it's really just there for the people who give a crap. Yeah, pretty much. Um and maybe it would that is actually a good example because over the course of the past few years they've tried to put together and build a zombies story. Like especially with right. Black Ops Four and their new zombies things relating back to characters before and giving an actual story. Maybe we'll see that with some of these games as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But besides Wildlands, that's what I want is I want to see a crossover with Watch Dogs and uh, Assassin's Creed. I think that'd be really, really cool. But a question I pass along to you guys is what games would you like to see crossover in a substantial way? And what games have done that, done some sort of crossover that you were just like, well, that's kind of stupid. (laughs) 
Final Fantasy had oh. a couple. Hey, that was right? cool. That they did a Final Fantasy one for Origins. It's just a costume, though. No, the Final Fantasy one in Origins was really cool. Like, I'll I'll send you the link to the to the little thing. That was cool. The one in Final Fantasy, fifteen. It looks yeah. cool, but I didn't play it, so <laughs> I can't tell. But yeah, I'll also do a link to that because that was really cool. Now let's jump into our final segment of the show, You, Me, and Ubi. You, Me, and Ubi is where we take a look back at some of games in the Ubisoft's past, and this one is going to be a meaty one as we take a look at some of Ubisoft's obscure-ass movie tie-in games. (laughs) So... Probably the like jewel of all the ones on this list is. Should we wait? Should we? Should we save it for last then? Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's save it for last. <laughs> yeah. So, and by uh, by obscure, you you definitely. I'd say, except for, except for Star Wars trilogy, Apprentice of the Force. Aside from that, I didn't even know most of these existed. Yeah. So um, the first one on the list is the sum of all fears. Yeah, I didn't know they made a game of this at all. Uh, I liked right. the book, and well, I the book was really good, but I really, really enjoyed the movie because that's what I saw first. But now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the sum of all fears? Isn't that technically a Tom Clancy story? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. On the one hand, I guess it would make sense that Ubisoft would create a video game for it, but at the same time, like I never associated some of all fears with Tom Clancy until like years later that I found out, oh, it's actually a Tom Clancy story. And so then they have the game and like like the old saying is that pretty much all video game movie tie-ins are just cash grabs and it's like this is definitely like they just threw it to like this you know uh college (laughs) college team who just wanted to do it for credit and they're like oh just make a first person shooter that's kind of like rainbow six yeah it's it's i would categorize this as a first person point and click action adventure game just yeah, because, point. just because, like, if you look at the gameplay, you don't see any gun whatsoever, right? Like, you see a target, and you put the reticle over him, and you just start shooting, and it just starts shooting from behind the camera, right? Yeah, and then like you're which picking I up- mean, I there games used to be that way, but I feel like this game. Okay, so for for reference for everybody, this game came out for the GameCube and PC, and so. It was that era of games. By then, you would have already had the um, 007 tie-in, and the 007 tie-in had you see the gun and you're shooting it, you know? So to have this game where it's literally just the cursor, you don't see the gun, like, it's just, it screams laziness because it's like, why wouldn't you at least have a gun? And then if they did, maybe it'd be this, like, just really crappily rendered gun or something. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> this gameplay is just so funny to watch because it does look like the, um, just like a, a, I mean, it really does look like a clone of Rainbow Six. Um, right. But more like. Like if, even the cursor. Yeah. Like the cursor is very Rainbow Sixy. Yeah, Rainbow Sixy. 
<laughs> the HUD the HUD kind of looks like it too. I think the only thing that's missing from it is like a planning phase, pretty much. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, so that's number one. That came out in two thousand two. The game did. Uh, next is what's probably the worst game on this list, and that's <laughs> Charlie's Angels for the PS2 <laughs> and the GameCube. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, the the way I looked at it, this was like a side scroller beat 'em up, but in 3D. So like, if you uh, what what's the final fight? I think is what it's called. It's like you just yeah 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 yeah, and then you went on the there'd be a little arrow to tell you to go to the next screen, and then you go yeah yeah yeah, and and but now it's in 3D with girls in bikinis. It's like oh the objectification. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, over nine thousand. <laughs> I'm not the type to like really worry about stuff like this, but this game would get someone sent to jail nowadays if it came out. Like <laughs> it's know, right? so it's so objectifying. It's not even funny. The first like bit of gameplay you play with, or you play, it sounded kind of weird. Um, <laughs> is Lucy Liu and uh, what's her face? Um, uh, what's the other? What's the other girl's name? It's either Drew Barrymore or Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, like their characters in swimsuits, and yep. when they're like, <laughs> and when they're like punching and hitting, it's like straight up moaning. Like it's, it, oh, I know. Every time they get ah ah ah, like that's the sound of them getting hit. It's, it's like oh come on, it's so bad. And unsurprisingly, if you look at the review scores for this game. Basically across the board, ten out of ten. Yeah, ten out of ten <laughs> across the board. They're getting like one, like ones and twos, and I think right, IGN right. gave it a four out of ten. Like it's just this game looks absolutely terrible. Yeah, even and I mean that's saying something because like this is PS2. You're not expecting like a game to look good, but I would argue that these graphics look like a PS1 game. Yep, I would and say I mean, so too. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of the objectification of the women or whatever, if you think about it, like Charlie's Angels was also like just a movie that would be a lot less likely to come out. And if it did, like, I I don't know if they would have the same scenes that they did, because like a lot of it was just like, let's let's put Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore in these sexy situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like and then the acting itself was just kind of you know it existed <laughs> yeah but it did have uh, bernie mac so bernie mac that's something to be said <laughs> so the next one on the list is my personal favorite uh and that's star wars trilogy apprentice of the force for the game boy advance yep um now i think this game is either way ahead or tied with skyrim for the most amount of time i've ever put into a video game because oh, wow. this stayed in my Game Boy. I had an SP for a long time. This stayed in my Game Boy over the course of five or six years. Like I played this nice. game a lot, um, and it basically it's just a very simple like um, platformer adventure game, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, that spans across the fir- first three movies: uh, New Hope, uh, Empire, and uh, Return of the Jedi, and. Mm-hmm kind of goes through like a story of the movies uh and so you'll change situations like you start out with a blaster and then once you get a lightsaber you do lightsaber combat and it's it's really i really enjoyed it it's really it was something really fun to just pick up and and play um and when i watched the video 
just a minute ago of someone playing it like all of those memories of the sounds and the music <laughs> like came flooding back i was like oh those are good memories good times good times um yeah the weird thing about obviously this is a remake of the um snes uh classics the star wars trilogy and i think the weirdest thing is that like ubisoft didn't do the original trilogy but then for some reason were tasked to do this one and then they like threw on the apprentice of the force almost like a snake eater like you know they had uh metal gear solid snake eater on the uh game uh not the game uh the GameCube. And so they threw on that other thing. I'm wondering if there's like extra stuff that wasn't in the, you know, original versions. I don't know, but something interesting that I just saw is apparently the trilogy, the Apprentice of the Force uses the same engine for the Game Boy Advance version of Prince of Persia Sands of Time. So <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, they, hey, go ahead. I think the most interesting parts was the fact that you like actually could do like a trench run. And mm-hmm. so, like, it didn't just like okay, here's a here's a platformer. It's like it actually had moments from the from the movies that didn't, you know, marry itself to that side-scrolling, you know, shooter slash you know lightsaber em up. Yeah, it's also very interesting, like style in that engine where the character is not exactly like pixelated, but it, right, but they are like it's almost three D. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, so. Something very interesting on there. Um, Next, we have Open Season, the game. Mm -hmm. And this one, I I think I remember playing, um, but it came out to... This is is one of those movie tie-in games that is is actually of quality, but also came out on every single platform platform possible in 2006. Right. So you had several different versions, but the, the main one I remember was probably either the GameCube or the xbox 360 version and yeah it, it, it's just a a simple adventure game that follows the story of the movie but it has really cool yeah. like elements to it gameplay elements yeah. to it super super g- kind of generic uh 3d platforming as far as like you're just moving your character around jumping and i'm assuming like jumping <laughs> either hit beating up other animals or yeah so it's super generic in that sense but like what when i was watching the footage for it's like it reminded me like not all the tie-in games were necessarily like bad like charlie's angels it's just that they were super generic you know so it wasn't really they didn't put in the effort to make it like you know mario 64 levels of awesome they were just like hey here's this quick little thing um and you know let's just have fun with it and like for some games especially like if we're talking about like the snes aladdin and like lion king or whatever it makes sense and then even in this it makes sense to have like a platformer kind of just fun cartoony game you know it's when you start doing certain we'll talk about it we'll talk about it in a little bit when you start doing something that just doesn't make sense for the the movie that it's trying to tie in like that's when it gets funny but this one you know i was like oh okay this that's cute yeah it is uh it kind of reminds me of the you remember over the hedge oh yeah uh-huh. yeah they had a movie tie-in game for that i don't think ubisoft published that but they had a tie-in game that was kind of similar to this kind of oh, okay. have the walking around elements but those are two that I, I remember spending a decent amount of time in um 
Next, we have Beowulf the game, which mm. I really can't say if it's better than the movie. Honestly, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> but what's obvious from this game is that it is a 100% God of War clone. Oh, God, yeah. Like, down to the red orbs and everything. Everything about like, it Like, I think is... the very first uh, boss that you fight is this giant, like, snake, sea snake. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, we'll leave it up to you guys to decide which is better, the movie or the or the game. But I probably... The Are you trying to say the movie was bad? The movie was laughable, dude. <laughs> we watched it in when like in like our senior English class. We watched it because we were reading the book, and like I hadn't seen the movie since I was little, uh-huh. and well, not maybe not little, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I'm just sitting here going, "This movie is literally the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's 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 so bad. It's entertaining." Yeah, I actually actually kind of liked it because I thought it was a a a good. A showcase of like motion capture and stuff. I'll give it that. That that was interesting, but yeah, the story. Like I actually like the story of Beowulf and the movie. I was just like, well, all right, whatever. But that could fall into the whole book is better than the movie <laughs> kind of thing, right? I don't really know. But like we teased before, the cream of the crop of this list. Is the most obscurest of obscure is none other than little nicky for the game boy color (laughs) you you said it you said it and i'm like no i was like that's not a thing yep it is a (laughs) it is a pixel art platformer that has like 8-bit or 16-bit metal music playing in the background Right. And it's it actually didn't get that it actually got good reviews. It's just so weird. It's to got hear. it's got an eight out of ten from IGN, a four <laughs> out of ten from GameSpot, and it's got an overall like score of sixty seven percent. Oh god, wow. So it looks yeah. kind of fun, but it's just one of those like, <laughs> why was this a game? Like I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, you look at how it starts up, and it starts up just like the movie where you have, I, I, I don't know the real world name of him, but, you know, he's got, he's kind of bald, but he gets into a tree, and he's, you know, he's a peeping Tom or whatever, and then he falls out of the tree, and that's how he dies. He goes down to, um, goes down to hell, and then he's punished by having a giant bird follow around and hump him all the time or something. And so it actually starts off that way. It's like, I understand that's how the movie started off, but like, even like the first like 10 minutes was just pretty much the ga- or the movie, but in pixel form. And this is like, I don't know, maybe just some cliff notes version of it would have been so much better. And, oh man, this is, this, I'm looking at the cover at the box art for this and it's got the Nintendo seal of approval. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> Now, so now something to clarify. Not all of well, these Well, with the way they're treating their Switch online store, I'm not surprised. Uh, now, just to clarify real quick before someone's like, well, not all of these were developed by Ubisoft. Basically, all of these were published by Ubisoft. Right. Like, there was a different developer, but... They still have their game. They still have their name on it. I know. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, actually, I want to go back and watch Little Nicky. It's been a while. Yeah, I, th- right. I think it's time to watch a little Nikki again. 
So well, and it's it's so funny because it's like, um, like if you think about it, this is kind of how they got their beginning. I mean, all these games were early Ubisoft stuff before they really started. Like you look at Ubisoft, how it is now. Um, they have their own conference and like there's not a single IP that is you know attached to somebody else's um property which is really cool because it's like here is like the beginning of Ubisoft and all they pretty much did obviously they have their own games but all they pretty much did were like tie-ins and they dealt with other people's um properties Mm. so to see them go from charlie's angels all the way up to you know the division and rainbow six it's like you know it's kind of an interesting thing to go back and see all these like just terrible games absolutely terrible i'm not going to put this on the list but i just came across another one they did the dukes of hazard return of the general lee jesus christ (laughs) <laughs> was that the one with, with the uh, uh, Sean Patrick? And, no, this one uh, came out. Uh, Knox, Knoxville? No, this one came out in 2004. It's a racing game. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So you're, you're right. It That's is interesting. the Crew 2 prequel. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting to see where they come from, like, as far as, like, publishing all these movie tie-in games to, like, having their own, like, stuff to, yeah. like put out and, and work on it. it it really is interesting that's why i like the segment as we take a look back at where ubisoft came from and where they are now yeah you know? definitely so it's, it's definitely i mean the fact that they can fill a hour-long presentation whether or not it was actually interesting is not the point um but they can fill, fill that whole hour with all their own original ip and then to just yeah to see this and it's just like wow this is not the ubisoft i remember you know, like I did not as I I I haven't associated Ubisoft with crappy movie tie-in games for so long. I almost forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, same, exactly the same. Well, yeah. If there's any games of Ubisoft Pass you guys would like us to cover, please feel free to let us know. Uh, if not, we're just going to pick through the list and find out what's the most obscure or interesting that we've seen in the past. But I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Yubi Chat. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking about these obscure-ass movie games. Um, <laughs> probably the highlight of my week is going down that rabbit hole. Um, uh, uh, rabbit's hole. Rabbit's hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Yubi Chat, Ubisoft podcast where we cover everything under the Ubisoft sun. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I definitely had a lot of fun. Nick, I hope you did as well. Sure did. Sure did. All right. Thank you guys. And Deuceville, baby doll. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in to UB Chat, and we be seeing you later. You did it. (laughs) We did it. We did it. We did it. Hooray. Well, that's going to do it for... Uh, hold on. Are you gonna get the outro right? Yeah, um, uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try to get it right this time. Are you, have you, have you watched Always Sunny? The, uh, yes, some. Okay. Do you know the troll episode? No, I don't. You don't? Okay, when we get done with this, look up Dayman. Uh, Dayman Play. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, <laughs>